This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly is starting right now. If you focus too much on, on where the organization sits, I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. This is your host, Todd DeVoe speaking, and today we have uh, Donna Boston with us, and she is from Orange County. She is the, I don't want to get her title too screwed up, but she's basically the emergency manager for the entire county. And I've known Donna for a few years now, and I think she's a very strong emergency manager, and especially since we're going to be doing the October EM, Women in EM uh, week or month, this is a great time to introduce Donna to you guys and have her tell her story. So Donna, tell me a little bit about yourself, what your path was to the field of emergency management, and how you got to where you're at now. Well, thank you, Todd, and thank you for asking me to be on this podcast with you. It's definitely a pleasure to speak with you. You know, I came to emergency management through just kind of an interesting, you know, I would say happened to be at the right place at the right time. I graduated from college and was able to land an internship at a city in Orange County. And it was right when the state was passing the an update to the California Emergency Services Act. And in that update, they the state had created the standardized emergency management system. And all of the cities and counties were adding emergency emergency management to their kind of portfolio of things that they needed to do. So I was lucky enough to be in the ground floor of when those updates were really happening and was able to kind of capitalize on the change in um, what was happening in cities at that time and wrote my own job description and the city had passed it through their city council and I kind of created my own emergency management job. So that was really fun. And then from there, I just did a lot of training in emergency management and then went to another city after spending about four years at the city of Laguna Niguel. I went to the city of Newport Beach and as their emergency manager, and I did some work in public information as well. Um, And there I worked on my master's degree in public administration. And after being with uh, that city for about five years, came to the county. So the interesting thing about emergency management, though, is it's a career that you're constantly learning in, which is very exciting to me. You are able to build positive relationship and work with people for a a long term throughout your life. And, And I find that very rewarding. And then get to meet great people like you and work together on building programs and processes and helping people, hope, hopefully helping them during their worst day, possibly. Emergency management is definitely a dynamic world. And, and I know that outside of the running a disaster, which is in itself a challenge, and we'll, we'll get to some of those in a minute, but what do you think are some of your, your greatest challenges on a day-to-day basis in your current role? I would say there are three major challenges, and two of them are common to any career in public service. So the first one is is the budget, right? Understanding and working within the budget and hopefully building your budget over time. But that's kind of consistent for every career in public service. Budget is always something that is a critical aspect to what we're doing. We can't have our program survive without a, a strong budget, and we have to weather budget cuts, and we have to do that in a very strategic way. Uh, the second 
second thing is information technology, right? That's a huge challenge. And again, that transcends any kind of career in in public administration, right? I mean, we're all working within different intelligence systems and we need to be pushing the envelope and making sure that our systems are working for us. And in emergency management, our twist on information technology is that it has to perform when all things may not all other things may not be performing, meaning that we may not have power, we may not have the internet, but we still need our systems to perform somehow, right? And so we're we're against that challenge. Um, we're trying to get information during an emergency when we have too little time and too little information coming in. So it's definitely a challenge there, but we definitely have skilled people working on that. And then the third thing I think that is the unique challenge to emergency management is explaining what we do to the general population, the masses, <laughs> the people that fund our budgets, explaining to them what we actually do and why it's important. So that third thing I think is a little bit unique to emergency management. People don't understand just naturally what a career in emergency management is about and they're challenged to think of what we do on a daily basis and even during an emergency because most of what people grow up knowing about are police officers and firefighters. They understand what those people do but they're not as well versed in what emergency management does. And so explaining that we force multiply, that we support the entire system, that we provide for continuity of government, things of that nature, those are more complex. And it's it's definitely a challenge for us to explain those to all of the people we really do need to explain them to. You work out of the Orange County Sheriff's Department. That's where emergency management is set in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Exactly where emergency management sits, does that make a difference in how you can influence a disaster response? You know, I think it can impact how things are run during an emergency. You're, you're right that, you know, in Orange County, it's underneath the sheriff's department. And it hasn't always been that way in Orange County. It's even moved from what was once the fire department, the Orange County Fire Department, and then it went to the Orange County Chief Executive Office, and then went to the sheriff's department. And that's just been it within my career time. You know, in the last 25 years, that's been the evolution here in Orange County. What I think is most important for emergency management is that it is in a strong and stable organization, and that the leadership within the emergency management organization for the county or the city or even the special district that is stable and strategic. And those components can help further our mission because what I see is that if you have strong and strategic planning and a direction in which emergency management is going, the parent organization, it becomes a little bit more in the background, right? Because people will know who to go to, where to go to, and they'll develop that trust and that foundation. And again, it kind of gets back to what we talked about earlier on is the relationships, right? If emergency management in cities, school districts, special districts, private universities, community colleges, if you have people building those relationships together, they're going to be able to respond together and it'll be a synthesized emergency response, even to a catastrophic emergency. And those are the things that are most critical. So in If you focus too much on on where the organization sits, I think we're focusing on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. We need to be focusing on our our strategy and building our programs and building our relationships. In Orange County, we we tend to play really well in the sandbox together as organizations. And I know in other counties... 
and states that just don't get along with. I mean, there are times when it's like that the fire department and the police department get along together, let alone everybody else. Right. So, you know, and I really find that in, in Orange County, I think one of the reasons why we do so well together and we also do well with the other, well, better than most, with other counties around us. Is it, do you think that because we, we plan for those large, like the, like songs, for instance, the, do you think songs um, actually brought us together and, and made Orange County such a strong emergency management organization? I agree with you that having that common mission like we have had with the San Onofre Nuclear Generating Station, that type of nuclear planning does bring people together and there are deadlines associated with that. There's a very definitely definite hard and fast system to do that emergency planning in. But there's one other thing that I think is unique to Orange County. There are a couple of other places around the nation where it exists, but geographically, Orange County is small enough to be able to to get all of its jurisdictions in the room at one time if we had to. Now, we don't get all of our jurisdictions and um, planning partners in the room all the time, but we have a lot of them that get together on a monthly basis through their Orange County Emergency Management Organization. And I think that's a real key in that geographically, we're small. We are we have a high population in Orange County, though. So we have a lot of urban things going on, and we have a heavy concentration of tourists, community members, and a lot of business that is going on. And all of that kind of gets into that melting pot. But being able to get in a room and have those conversations face-to-face with other people that are doing emergency management work really helps relationships, right? If you see people six times a year at a meeting and you know them, and then you get on a conference call for, say, a, a tsunami warning, you know that person's voice. You can ask them questions. There's there's a foundation of trust there. And And I think that really augments what we're doing. Some counties, even in California, are so large that they it takes some hours to drive across the county. We can hold a meeting in the center of Orange County and essentially everybody can get there. And that's a real important piece of what we do. It's one of my favorite things about growing up as an emergency manager in Orange County is that you always had those resources that were by a telephone call and you knew them and you could always ask those questions and reach out. So I was uh, definitely blessed by by starting my career in, in Orange County in emergency management. And then going back onto that, so some of the large scale disasters that we've had, mostly it's going to be our wildfires. We really work well in a team, again, I think because because of those relationships. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the larger disasters that we responded to or that you responded to and how that worked out with getting mutual aid emergency managers into your EOC? Most people in the general population may not understand when I say that I have favorite disasters or emergency responses. But when you work in emergency management, you start to understand that, that we work day in, day out. We build these plans and procedures and, and we drill them, we practice them. And only when something terrible happens, do we really get to use our work, right? And so it's very exciting to be able to respond. And exactly what you're saying, Todd, is when you're doing it with your team of trusted people, you've been up in our emergency operations center for responses, you know that it's like game day, right? And everything that is not important washes away and you focus together on on one strategy, 
trying to help the people that are affected by that emergency. And everything becomes very synthesized. So for me, some of my favorite responses have been the Santiago fire. And that one was, you know, it's it's definitely one of those pieces that is based in our in our team up here. We run a really tight team in the Sheriff's Department and Emergency Management. And we spent eight days together, 24-7. All of us were working 14 to 16 hour shifts at least. And when you do that and you can say at the end of it, you came out the other end and all I had was admiration for every single team member. I was so impressed with every single person that on my team that responded to that and the way that we performed. I was so impressed with every single person. And you do become very bonded after that. Some of the other ones, though, that kind of percolate into my brain when I think of my favorite responses are some of the tsunami advisories that we've had where we've had protective actions that needed to take place and we had some you know difference of opinions for different coastal communities which is absolutely within their right but trying to synthesize that and come up with a strategy in the middle of that event was exciting that we that we were able to do that right to to actually synthesize the protective actions for Huntington Beach versus what um, Newport Beach wanted to do and and to really get everybody on the same page and provide good public information to our communities. That's very exciting and that is rewarding to me. The other the other ones, the freeway complex fire was was definitely something that affected us in a big way. It was shorter than the Santiago fire, but it was powerful. And we had a, a huge element of our community affected. And I think all of the lessons learned from Santiago fire, we put into play that next year because the freeway complex fire was in 2008, the year after Santiago. So we were well oiled by that time. So so it's interesting, you know, every single emergency is interesting and nothing is going to go according to your playbook exactly, but it forces you to think on a whole nother level together and come up with the creative solutions, you know, based upon your strategies and your planning, you can bump it up to that next level and get the right solution for that immediate emergency. Every time we run a call or run an emergency that we learn a lot from it and we get to move forward and, and do better the next one. Based upon that, I want to take a quick break here in a second. But before we go on break, I want you to think about this. When we're at the Santiago County Fire, that was the first time that we actually activated our community emergency response team in a wholehearted way. And I want to discuss that in a second when we come back from our break. Are you ready for the unthinkable? Call our friends at High Speed Tac Med. They provide custom emergency planning and training that saves lives. With years of experience in law enforcement, search and rescue, responding to, and managing large-scale incidents, HSTM will evaluate and prepare written plans, training sessions, drills, and debriefs, leaving you with the necessary tools and experience that can save lives. Call HSTM today to discuss your specific needs and the staff at High Speed Tac Med will help ensure that you're ready and are in complete compliance. Call High Speed Tac Med today at 805-419-0024. Again, that's 805-419-0024. The friendly staff at HSTM is standing by. Emergencies happen. 
whether they're related to medical emergencies, threats of physical violence, weather related, or other. One of the most difficult things during an emergency is to find help and quickly and efficiently communicate with all parties, regardless of whether you're an administrator, law enforcement, or the end user. With Titan HST, we help distort time by creating high-tech yet simple to use mobile-based applications that connect you with the people who can help you. At Titan HST, we believe in the power of people. Hi, this is Todd DeVoe from EM Weekly. If your company is in the emergency management and response space, EM Weekly is a place for you to advertise. Each week, we bring in experts in emergency management, response, and leadership from around the world, and they're here to share their best practices. Our listeners are eager to learn about new products and ideas, so this is the space for you. For more information, please contact Brian at brian at emweekly.com. Welcome back from the break. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to our sponsors. This is the reason why we're able to, to be here. And they're great, great sponsors. We've taken time to look at what they do and uh, we wouldn't have them here if we didn't believe in them. So Donna, just before the break, I kind of mentioned the fact of our community emergency response team, our CERT program. And with the San Diego Canyon Fire, it was the first time we activated our, our CERT mutual aid program. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that decision was made? You're right. The first time we activated the Community Emergency Response Team Mutual Aid Program was the Santiago Fire. It was very exciting because we had never activated that group of volunteers before. And we it, it was sort of an experiment during an emergency, right? So we said, hey, let's give it a try. Let's get an order number from Incident Command. Let's really try and do this the right way. We had trained, skilled volunteers who were ready to put in the time. We believed that they had definitely something they could offer offer to incident command. And we were able to kind of create the box in which they would work in, um, which was a safe box, right? We want we want our volunteers to be in the safe zone and be able to respond alongside professional responders and provide a service that takes or alleviates some of the stress on that those professional responders so they can really do what they're trained to do, right? Which is that that's kind of the mission of those cert responders. So that was exciting to have them fit right into incident command and they they handled their scheduling, they had supervision, and they were providing a service. And so to me, that was like that first foray into that element. And I now believe that they, we, we can use them in many different types of emergencies. They're organized, they're trained. We just ran a drill. It was called Vigilant Guard in late 2016. And it was, that was a commodities distribution exercise. And we did use a community emergency response team. They responded. They had training and they assisted in that commodities distribution exercise. And what what it does is it provides a force multiplier, right? We need trained personnel during an emergency, but we don't have to have them all trained to the firefighter or law enforcement officer level. We can have people trained to the CERT level to help in places like shelters and commodities distribution points and a whole host of other things that we can use them and they can fit right into our organization and provide a valuable service. One of the things I think is really kind of cool about Orange County specifically is that the, the Citizen Corps um, outreach that Orange County does and the way the program is run. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys run the entire Citizen Corps programs and what programs are included in that. 
Orange County Sheriff's Department, what we do is we interface with kind of like the, the parent programs of each organization, and we provide support in the coordination levels. So each of the cities, I think we, we now have over 20 different community emergency response team programs in, in the cities, and we have 34 cities. So we're really climbing up there in, in the numbers of programs. There are fire corps programs. There are um, police auxiliary volunteer programs, and we interface with those groups because they're helping out their very local level, right? They need to be organized at that city level or the community uh, school district level. And we plug in to those programs through their management, basically. So they're providing that localized service. They're certainly able to be activated and respond in a regional capacity if needed. But we're really providing that intersection and information exchange and then possibly an activation to an emergency. And um, uh, the, but the, the management of those programs is local, and they've really been doing some amazing things in getting their communities prepared. Those programs are really key to um, our large-scale disaster response, especially, you know, the proverbial large earthquake on a San Andreas fault, which at some time will come, and hopefully not in my lifetime, but or not in my career, maybe not. I don't know. That's, that's the type of stuff that we're working with. And I think it's the programs like Citizen Corps and the volunteer programs kind of show the strength of how Orange County comes together and, and works together. Now, now based on that that idea here that we do come together and work together in Orange County. We, and I say, and, and again, everybody out there listen to we because this is where I, I do my emergency management work, my, my day job. So we do a lot of, of uh, planning together, right? Um, we work through our, uh, for instance, our evacuation plan, for instance, as something that there's the county level one and then there's a the local level one. Can, you talk, can we talk about how Orange County reaches out to their, part, their community partners on the planning process? We do have that open planning process where we invite all of the jurisdictions and even um, our private sector partners to come in and help us build our emergency plans. And in Orange County, the county has a dual role. And what we're doing is we're providing that local community response to our unincorporated area. But then the county also has another role in being that intermediate level between local jurisdictions and the state. So cities come through this, come through the county to request additional resources and provide information up through the state during a major disaster. So what we're doing is we're building emergency plans that are responding to our local unincorporated area and then also providing coordination plans. How we're synthesizing the response between different cities and being able to assist multiple cities or school districts or special districts with their response. So our our plans are definitely an open environment planning and we bring together experts to improve those plans over time and then we do test them after they're approved and we'll then put them back into the revision cycle to further improve them. And what we're doing is we're explaining different concrete procedures in those plans and different methods, who's going to respond. There's a lot of detail in those plans, and some of the most important things are the delegation of authority in the county, who is responsible for that emergency response, who is responsible for staffing the EOC, and what actions each of those positions are responsible for. And so we, we get down into very detailed information in those emergency plans, and we have those jurisdictions come in and review what we're doing so they can build their plans that kind of intersect and fit 
together with our plans. And a good example would be, say, for a, uh, let's use this tsunami example because I've kind of talked to about it a little bit. In our emergency plans, uh, the county will explain how and when we will convene a conference call between all of the coastal jurisdictions during a tsunami event. And it will explain all of the questions that we will ask to those coastal jurisdictions. And then the coastal jurisdictions, their emergency plans will give them items that they need to make decisions on. They need to communicate that information to the county. And then we synthesize the entire county picture of what's going on. And we provide that to the state. Hopefully that gives you a kind of an example of what we're doing. And so we're we're trying to build those plans so that they're cooperative with the local jurisdictions and then all the way up to the state. So that's a really good example of the tsunami uh, conference calls and, and how that plan uh, really well worked out. And just uh, for a plug for everybody, Orange County, the whole entire county, including the, the coastal jurisdictions, was the first county in the state of California to be designated the National Weather Service's Tsunami Ready Program. And I take pride in that. And I know Donna does too. And, and that's because, again, it's it's one of those areas that where everybody works together well in, in the sandbox over here and uh, we're able to work together to get things like that done. I was on that conference call on, on one of them or two of them, at least when we had uh, the tsunami uh, call out. It was very much collaboration and discussion. And one of the things that I know for sure is like when we bring our concerns, they're always heard at the county level and it's never a top down nor a bottom up uh, way. It's really a really collaboration throughout the entire county. So Donna, first of all, I want to thank you for helping facilitate that collaboration between the counties and the jurisdictions. Well, thank you. You know, I I have neglected to mention one thing though. I think that it's very important that all of our listeners understand that the the major theme in California and certainly in Orange County that we depend on is personal emergency preparedness. And all of the jurisdictions, we're, we're all staffed to kind of like the textbook levels for the daily daily issues, right? So when an emergency happens, it's really paramount that everybody do what is kind of the right, and, and we've heard about it for decades in California, and that is to be personally prepared, uh, both at work and at home and for all of our family members. Especially those that are are trying to get into this field of emergency management, you definitely want to make sure that your family is taken care of because if you know your family is taken care of, you're going to be able to do your job for everybody else. And if you're worried about your family, your, your performance is not going to be to where it should be during that disaster. Exactly. Right. All right. So I'm going to take a little turn here on our conversation. And one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on this show is that we really want to start encouraging diversity in emergency management. And one of the things that outside of California, and I know that in, in other parts of the country that it's not so diverse, but we have, in Orange County, we have a lot of women in emergency management. But how do we encourage more women to get into the field of emergency management? Well, Todd, I'm glad you asked that question. As a mom of two girls, I definitely try to make sure that they understand that they can go to any into any career that they want to. And it's exciting to me to have that future for them. Uh, so I definitely want to enable our career path to include diversity, right? That That's so important in what we do because it really helps us understand our community better, right? Because we do have an extremely diverse community in Orange County. We have so many languages that are spoken in Orange County and so many ethnicities, and I love the color of our community. So women are certainly seeking out this career more and more, which is very exciting. Um, I know that men and women are 
are equally capable of mastering this career and bringing it uh, forward, right, and, and evolving it further. I think that the what's happening for women with the push uh, into the science and technology will help them access our career even more. I can tell you that when I do hiring, what I'm looking for are good fits for our team, right? So when I think about the people that I've hired recently, the three people that we've brought on board in the last year, they've all come from different backgrounds. They all have a different skill set from each other, but all of them are really good team players. They're motivated, they're thinkers, and they actually get the job done, which is really important. I often will get a feel for a person that, you know, they, they need to feel empowered to lead a focus group and also empty the trash if that's what the job is. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's kind of the, the nature of emergency management. You do the job that needs to be done and you care about your team and you care about people in general. And then that really helps the whole team achieve the mission that we're looking for. One of the things that I really try to focus in when I when I teach is not just the skill of like doing the disaster recovery. It's also being that servant leader and doing everything that needs to be done into making sure that your team is taken care of and that your team takes care of each other. And I see that a lot with, with your organization. So good job on, on, on that for sure. Well, it's, e- it's very easy to support a team that is filled with phenomenal people, right? And they support each other, and it just grows from there. It's very exciting. And I'm glad that you mentioned the servant leader aspect, because I think that that's a, a perfect example of what emergency management is. We are here to help people, and that includes our fellow professionals as well as our community members. Well, you, you mentioned talking about teamwork and the people that you choose. If you're thinking about the quintessential emergency manager in one one word, what skill set or what mindset, I should say, not necessarily skill set, what mindset comes to, to you when you think about the person who should be filling the role of an emergency manager? Some of the things, the characteristics that, that I'm looking for are someone with an open mind, someone who is willing to do research, someone who is willing to listen, someone who is willing to act and work through a situation even if they don't have all of the answers. Someone who can laugh, right? Because, you know, one of the one of the interesting aspects that I see a lot in our career is the amount of stress that is put upon us to worry about every single thing that can go wrong in our community. And without the right frame of mind, that could become very difficult for someone. So, you know, finding the joy in what we do and being able to laugh with our team, that's important. I think I think those are, you know, well, maybe the last one would be a never-ending quest to learn. And those are that those would be the things that I'm really interested in um, in in our team. You know, what's interesting about that is, you know, we're constantly doing training, constantly doing training. And it's, it's always, it's always cool to when you're doing statewide trainings, like up at CSTI in California, or you're going over national or Teaks. it's always great to see emergency manager personnel always trying to learn and better themselves. And I, and you're right. Those that strive in this industry are the ones that constantly are learning. And if you think that you've learned everything you could possibly learn about this business, you're in the, definitely in the wrong business because things are always improving and changing. <laughs> 
Right. Well, speaking about learning, and uh, I think sometimes this becomes the hardest question of the day. So what book would you give or recommend to someone on your first day as an emergency manager? Todd, you, you, that, that was so hard when I, you had mentioned to be ready for this question, right? And I was thinking, oh my gosh, well, what, what book? I have so many favorites, right? I, I have two right off the cuff. So uh, the first is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, which is definitely has that twist for women, uh, but it is so good. And, and really, I've taken a lot out of that book to, you know, sit at the table. Uh, that's one of the themes in that book is to, to sit at the table and be part of the conversation. And I've, I've used that even in places where I felt not comfortable sitting at the table with leaders. And I've sat at the table and I've learned and I've spoken, which sometimes that's not easy. And it, it was exciting. So that's definitely one of the books I would absolutely read. And then another one that I loved, it's called Influencer, The Power to Change Anything. Hmm. And it's by the same people that wrote Crucial Conversations. It's a group of authors. Okay. And it's phenomenal. And it really makes you think about making changes in our community and not being, not settling for status quo, because that happens a lot in government. Mm -hmm. And being able to think of things as able to be changed is important. And that we can change things in our community and shift, whether it's shift preparedness or change the way our our organization is going to respond, change the way we're training people. And that's exciting to be able to author change. Every time I walk into an organization and I'm looking around and the first thing I ask is, is why are things done the way they're done? And I, and I don't like the answer. Well, that's the way it was always done. And for people who listen to this podcast before you hear the story again, but have you heard the story about the, the bread in the oven? No, I don't think so. Okay. So this mom was teaching her daughter how to cook bread or how to bake bread. And they put it in the stove and they put a pan of water in with it. And the little girl goes, Hey mom, why, why do you put the water in? And the mom goes, you know, I, I don't know. Let's, let's call grandma. So they pick up the phone and they call grandma and they say, Hey grandma, you know, why do we put water in with the, uh, with the bread when we're baking it? And the grandma says, I'm not really sure. Let's call my mom. Let's call great grandma. So they get a hold of great great grandma and they ask the same question. And great grandma goes, I don't know why you guys do it, but my stove is broken. So, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's why, why are things done? Think that if you come into an organization and and ask why and try to figure out what's going on. Then you'll really realize and, and can fix things that are, are broken because every, and I think the why question is one of the most important questions. And when you ask the question, don't have a preconceived answer to it. Really ask that question and want to learn exactly what's going on. That's great advice, Todd. And you're right. It is important to understand the why. We're getting here to the end. And if anybody would like to get in touch with you or, uh, or your organization, how could they do that? Well, sure. I'm in the Sheriff's Department and our main line phone number is 714-628-7054. And my email is dboston at ocsd.org. So they, those are two great ways. I'm only mildly on social media. I don't have a lot of time for that. So the best way is definitely email or a phone call. I'm a little bit old school, but again, I do like to connect to people personally. I love 
being able to talk to people face to face. And and that's something that I'm doing more and more with people wanting to get into the field. Um, a lot of people are contacting me and asking to meet with me and, and, and other people on my team as well, which is exciting because we're able to give back to people interested in this career and hopefully help people realize their professional goals. So that's that's definitely an exciting part of what we do. Donna, thank you so much for being here. Everybody, if you could take time and check out, if you're on iTunes, can you please just leave a, a quick note on uh, what you thought about the show and, and how you think we're doing and, and if there's any improvements that you need. And again, thank you for being here at uh, EM Weekly. Donna, again, thank you so much for being here and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Todd. Have a great day.